the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Blue Darter Sports Central with your host, Roger Franklin Williams. Stay tuned for the latest updates on Blue Darter Sports, along with interviews with student-athletes, coaches, and more. It's Blue Darter Sports Central on 1520 WBZW, your hometown station. Now, here's Roger. Don't make me cough. Welcome to Blue Darter Sports Central with Roger Franklin Williams. It's great to join you today. We're coming to you, of course, live from Apopka High School. Joined by Athletic Director Fred Priest. Of course, Joe Ferraro is here with me. It's another great day to be in Apopka Blue Darter. We have a lot of exciting sports taking place this fall. A lot of great accomplishments. But there are two that stand out at this moment. One is last night, of course, Apopka beat Evans at home, 43-6. A sound victory. And it also culminates our first undefeated season since 1994 as the Blue Darters finish the regular season 9-0, and of course. Uh, it's 9-0 instead of 10-0 because Olympia, and we weren't, you know, didn't want to reschedule the game that was canceled due to Hurricane Matthew. But also, it's another great uh, week because our Blue Darter bowling team captured another district championship, which is huge because that qualifies us to repeat, go back to the state championships and seek our fourth consecutive state championship so and a lot of other great things happening as well and we'll go to fred priest right now to to bring us up to date yeah uh roger it's been a you know we're, as we as you talked about we're kind of winding down in, in the fall and and uh we had a couple other things go on you know uh the the swimmers uh you know they had their district swim meet and and uh we, we couldn't get the coaches here today uh we were just talking about before we got on air here is uh you know we were supposed to have today off and and uh, the hurricane came and forced us back into school today. So a lot of people already had plans, and some of our coaches are, you know, they're off for the weekend and that kind of thing. But uh, the swimmers today are actually uh, on their way um, to the regional swim meet. We've got, um, I believe we've got six swimmers that will be in that. We've got two of our freshman boys, actually, that qualified for that. We had Ted Klink on last week that talked about it. We weren't sure who had qualified yet, but both of our freshman boys qualified um, our um, our one girl that qualified and, and uh, placed at state last year, she made it. We had a couple relays make it in. So uh, they will uh, go and stay overnight uh, tonight, and then they will be involved in the regional uh, competition starting tomorrow morning. So swimmers are, are off, and that's a good thing. Um, and then, uh, you know, we did finish up cross country, uh, but we do have three girls that are uh, that are moving on. And they will be competing uh, this weekend as well in regional. So th- th- those are good things that are that are happening as as those stay, as our sports start to wind down here in the fall. So that we're kind of excited about and excited about their possibilities there. Now we'll get to football in a moment, but I'd like to talk about the bowling district championship because, as everybody that follows sports knows, it's one of the most difficult things in sports is to repeat as a champion. You know, it's, it's hard enough to get that first championship, but then it seems like the bar even goes up to get the second one. Now the bowling team has gotten three 
uh, state championships and including a, a national championship over the summer. But, you know, got, bowlers move on, high school sports, people graduate. you got to keep replenishing the pipeline, and that's not always easy to do. So personally, I was a little on edge about this district championship, but we, were, we went over there to Loma Lanes in Winter Park and came home with a, a district championship, and which sets us on the road to another champion, a state championship. Yeah, and it's kind of funny, and I, and I don't want to, I guess, jinx things as they say, but it might have been the easiest victory we've had in the district championship of all the ones that, you know, we, you know, we didn't win them all. We've only won. This is only our second one in the four years, actually, because two of those we did not win the district championship and went on to win the state championship. But, um, yeah, you know, I was like you early on in the season. You know, we lost, a, a, you know, we lost two or three really good bowlers, and, and um, we needed to replace. And we, got, we had three really quality bowlers back. Uh, and so uh, I went and watched early in the season. And this was this year's been a little weird for me because I haven't been able to see as much bowling as I have during the season, and so early in the season I went to a couple matches and it was shaky. I mean I got to be honest with you, our our reloads were a little bit shakier than the reloads that we had in the previous three years, and I thought, man, this might be hard to do. And and uh, when I went again uh, last week to, to the district, uh, those kids have improved so much. The reloads have. Uh, and it's been really, uh, it was really fun to watch because uh, in the in the qualifying rounds, we averaged, we ended up averaging 217 a guy uh, in the qualifying wow. rounds. Yeah. Uh, we had, of course, Petey and uh, Gage, they were the guys that got to set the tone, those two. Well, they both had over uh, 700 series. Um, Andrew, who was one of our reloads, um, he throws a 690 series. And um, they all were very confident about what they – you could tell that they were very confident in what they were doing. Uh, they got to the – we had a little bit of trouble in the Bakers, but they, they, they settled in. And, uh, in fact, we were down uh, two games to one at one point to Bishop Moore and came back and beat them. Uh, so we never lost a match in the, in the, in the uh, uh, Bakers. We had a couple that got close. Uh, we had Winter Park down 2 nothing. They came back to make it 2-2, but we had won. Uh, we got into the championship round, uh, and um, it was Winter Park that, that came back through, and um, we beat them in three games. So, I mean, it, while we had some a little bit of rough patch, we never lost a match, and we, we beat everybody in the qualifying round by over 300 pins. And so, I, you know, I think the stage is set for us to go, and, it won't be easy. None of the state championships have been easy, but I think we should probably go in uh, next week as one of the favorites, without a doubt. So it's always exciting. Talk a little bit about the atmosphere because that's one of the things that the, the people that go to the actually bowling matches just really talk about. It's uh, very, very in some cases even raucous. Very enthusiastic crowds that represent the various schools. I guess for whatever reason, it uh, the, the sport engenders a lot of passion uh, among the people that that go. And it's uh, I've just heard where the, the environment is, is very. Pressure packed. It's very tension packed, and there's just a lot of passion and excitement from all the various fan bases of the various teams. Oh, there's no question. I can still remember a couple years ago we were bowling against Trinity Prep, and I actually had to call one of our SROs and say I may need some help out here. So it's very, which is the last school you would I would ever expect would would have that kind of rowdy crowd. I mean, the elite uh, private school where all the rich kids go. Yeah, it's no question. And then you know, of course, then you know you got your built-in rivalries with West Orange and with Kaiba and 
and they've been quality bowling teams over the years. In fact, West Orange beat us for the first time in four years uh, in a in a match this year. Snapped our streak. Uh, we actually ended up bowling with them. Uh, during the prelims uh, on one set of lanes, uh, I think it was either for the first or second game. And so, you know, our crowds are both there. Uh, and so, yeah, the atmosphere is special. And the thing is, here's the thing. I'm what, 5'8"? I, I bring a ladder. I literally bring, I have a three-step three, three step, step ladder that I bring that I stand on so I can see. Okay, so that's how many people are there, how many people are pressed up against the lanes and, and want to see what's going on. And so, but here's the thing, I, I, I got there for the district match, and I brought my stepladder, and I stepped on my stepladder, and the step broke. So for four years, this thing got wore out, I'm just telling you, and the step broke. So and everybody's it, looking at me, what are you going to do? Does it have a seat at the top? Uh, it, it, no, it, it doesn't, but, so I went, I had to go, I went out and bought one. In the break between the prelims and the finals, I went to I found a Home Depot and bought my stepladder. I couldn't watch the finals without a stepladder, so then I'll have it for state. But and that's what it's like when you go to the state. If you go to the state matches uh, come next week, and you go down there to um, I'm going to forget the name of the place now in Colonial, but you go down there and there's 96 lanes. They're all full from all the teams around the state. And they, almost all of them have a crowd. Wow. And that place is packed out. They have they literally bring in bleachers to sit in uh, in the in the place. Uh, like we have aluminum bleachers out. Right. They're like six, seven, eight rows up. How do they fit and, them in there? Uh, they bring them in. And they're, they're spaced out. And people will have those full up. And, and there will be people there with their three-step ladders like me. And there will be even some taller. So it's, it's an amazing thing. It really is. It's fun. And, and part of that equation is, like we do in all sports, the Popka community, Popka High School, and the Popka community really turns out to support our bowling team as well. And that's one thing that everybody talks about. Is just, I mean, I'm talking about the bowlers and their parents. Talk about is, is, is what a big factor that is uh, to, to know that they've got that kind of community sport that show up and, and support them at. These yeah, ma- there's no matches. question. And 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 let me add that <clears throat> those people were there before we won the first state championship. It's not like we got hangers on, you know. And here's the, the one thing that I think is really cool. We've got people whose kids that were on the team or grandkids that were on the team, they're not, they're graduated, and they're still coming and, and supporting, you know, Apopka Bowling. And uh, and even after their, their, their group is gone, uh, they haven't disappeared, and uh, they're there. And, uh, and they were there before the string started, and they're still there, and that's what, that was what makes Apopka – you know, a special place. Here's a good money-making venture for you, Frank. <laughs> right? Bring, put in, like, three-tiered scaffolding and rank seating space. There you go. We could we could get a fundraiser going. You know, yeah. you, you could put advertising banners on there it. There you are. That's right. <laughs> well, I think a lot of that leadership starts from, from, from you as the AD. I mean, you take a personal interest in all the sports, and I, and I think that sets a tone around school. And I know Mr. Guthrie used to go, and it was always noted that he was there. I mean, the, the Mayor Kilsheimer last year was a, would, would go, and many of the, the Sammy Ruth, Commissioner Sammy Ruth at the time, Commissioner Velasquez, just a, a great cross-section of our community go to support, you know, especially the, the bowling team sure. and their quest uh, and, and, and the excellence that they do. And I, well, I understand Mr. Arnold was at the, at the match yesterday. Yep. So it's just a, a great culture and it's a great story of the, the Popka Blue Water Bowling is something we can really, really be proud of as a community. No question. Yeah. Now, uh, another thing, um, major event that happened was, of course, our football game last night, the 
43 to 6 victory over Evans. And it also marked uh, Coach Darlington's first undefeated team and also our Apopka's first undefeated regular season team since 1994. Can you just uh, speak to the significance of, of, of that? Yeah, you know, there's a lot of things, that, different things that go into that. In fact, someone last night goes, yeah, but there's an asterisk because of, you know, the Olympia game. But I, I think uh, after seeing Olympia get beat by Oak Ridge last night and then they got beat by DP, you know, two weeks ago, uh, I think we can probably chalk that up to a win. So I think I'd take the asterisk off of that. But, I know I do. Yeah, right? It's 10. Uh, yeah. So I think if you talk, talk to Rick about it, um, you know, he, he'd probably have some different things to say maybe about the quality of maybe some of the teams that we face this year. Because I think a lot of people would find that interesting that, you know, we've gone to the playoffs, what, 15 straight years now in a row. We You know, we've won three state championships during that time that we never have had an undefeated season. And I think that's attributed to a lot of times where, you know, Rick is a, it doesn't shy away from competition. Um, we're going to play teams that are going to help us get ready for the playoffs. And so, uh, you know, the teams that have beaten us over the years where they've had, you know, several teams that have only had one loss or two losses, um, I think when you look at who those teams were, they were quality football teams. And so uh, to lose to them, uh, no no shame at all. Um, And so I think the undefeated, actually being one undefeated season, I think really speaks volumes about what we've done in the past and who we've played in the past. Uh, that that's created an atmosphere of, you know, let's get ready for the playoffs. Let's get make sure that we're, and I think if you ask Rick, he's a little nervous about this year because we haven't really played those teams in it, and it's not because when well, we well, three teams them, that, that looked like they were going to be very tough games, yeah, uh, Edgewater. Uh, Oak Ridge and and West Orange just turned out not to flat out not have good teams. Exactly. This year. When we when we put this schedule together two years ago, we we were thinking we just scheduled the buzzsaw. You know, we yeah, were Edgewater beat us two years ago. Right. Um, Oak, Oak Ridge, Ridge beat us beat two years ago. Exactly. And so we and of course West, West Orange, Orange beat us twice right. last year. So when we put that together, it was like you know we got a buzzsaw, but that'll that's good. It'll help us get ready and and um, but we felt like you know because it's hard to get. I mean, let's face it, it's hard for good football teams to get people to play them. And, and it's just the, the nature of the of the beast. And so we just felt like, man, we put together a schedule that it's going to be a rough ride. Uh, and when you look at that string, it's tough. But uh, it turned out not so much that way. And, and so as it is, we took care of business and we're... You know, we're 9-0. and Another great accomplishment, and we get ready to go into postseason, and that'll be two weeks from tonight at Roger Williams Field, November the 11th. We're going to take our first break. We'll be right back on Blue Daughter Sports Central. Welcome back to Blue Daughter Sports Central with Roger Franklin Williams. It's a great day to be in Apopka Blue Daughter, and we're coming to you live from the campus of Apopka High School. We're speaking with Fred Priest, joined by Joe Ferraro, of course. Later we'll be joined by Coach Rick Darlington, and we'll also talk more about our three-time defending state champion bowling team who are now most recently also this year's district champion bowling team and they're preparing to go to the state tournament and defend their title once again but right now let's go back to talk and i want to let you know that blue daughter sports central is sponsored by dr patrick st germain st germain chiropractic and burnfatorlando.com dr patrick st germain has worked with athletes at all levels from high school athletes to elite college athletes to Olympic champions. So when you're in pain, call Dr. St. Germain at 855-WHEN-IN-PAIN. That's 855-WHEN-IN-PAIN. Dr. Patrick St. Germain voted best chiropractor for now five years in a row. 
Now let's go back to Fred Priest. And, you know, one thing I took from the game last night against Evans is, you know, they came in, they don't, they're, I think they're two and five, you know, they've struggled the last several years, but it looked like they had some pretty darn good football players out there. Yeah, that was the comment that we were making on the sideline. We were like, okay, they've got... You know, the first, lines were huge. They, they, they had some size. They had some uh, people with, uh, you know, athletic ability. The quarterback was, was very good. Yeah, the they first, definitely had skill. Absolutely. The first drive, I mean, they go down the field and, you know, they... They moved the ball effectively. It was a drive. I mean, they went down the field. They drove the ball. Uh, they, they passed and caught the ball and... and um, yeah, I think um, you're right. I, we were we were actually trying to figure out well, you know what, what could be the reason that they're struggling, you know, so much when you look at them on the hoof and you feel like you know what they got some players, had some good receivers, some kids that could run. So you know, um, I don't know. I don't know what the answer Penalties? is. Penalties. Yeah, yeah, I think discipline sometimes is like we've talked about in the past where. Definitely Sometimes hurt themselves the with edge. penalties on drives. Yeah, and we have the edge on some teams because of the discipline that we're able to have in our program. And I think sometimes that that that's some of it. I don't know. Um, you know, I think uh, you know it just you know the stability at, in in the coaching and all of those things. That, that's all a factor when you when you lead into it. And and uh, but yeah, we were puzzled in the same way as you were when we when you looked at them on the hoof and you thought. These guys really should be better. You would think they would be better, but I thought they wore out a little bit towards the end too. You know, and, and once again, you know, one of the things that gets my attention about our team is, is is how coach distributes the ball. I mean, you know, we have put up obviously outstanding stats, score a lot of points. The key, you know, guys like Birch and uh, Massey, you know, have great rushing totals and touchdowns and things like that, but. But if you look at the stats, nobody really gets a ton, ton of touches, if you will. You know, Birch, you know, oftentimes our, our leading rushers will have single-digit carries. And um, it, that's because we've got, a lot of, we've got some other excellent playmakers like Demiris August, the receiver. We've got Cornelius Williams, who backs up Massey. Jordan Thompson's a very effective runner. Tavian Holmes. And, right. um, so it's just it's kind of, kind of it, I think it's a, a positive for us that we have a number of players that can make big plays on offense. Yeah, it seems like every year we're able to do that. But I think – that goes back to our coaches um you know we talk about the adjustments that they make and, and that kind of thing um but we um you know when you when you look at how they how they do their adjustments and then uh they respond to what the other team is doing it's got very little to do with well we need to get massive more touches or we need to get it's about what what are we what do we need to take advantage of what are they doing what are they giving us and i, I don't really think that our coaches uh, are concerned about getting any one particular guy uh, touches on the ball. It's like we need to go off tackle, we need to go around the end, uh, we need to throw the ball. Whatever it is that we need to do, especially against good teams, we're going to take advantage of what they're giving us. And if that means that Massey's going to touch the ball 22 times, then he will. Or if it means he's only going to touch it three times that night, then it, that's what's going to happen. So I don't think we ever worry about that. You know, Robert Tom Thomas had, what, 2,200 yards that year? Um and I don't even think that was a design. I just think, I think, just think that's the way it flopped when teams were trying to defend us. That Robert was the guy that ended up getting the ball a, a good number of those times, and and I think a little bit more because you know we had injuries, and that's why Robert got on that side of the ball anyway. You know, we lost a lot of kids, and so we moved two defensive backs to that side of the ball because that's where we had lap. Uh, so it was more out of necessity than it was of a plan. And so we don't we don't plan to get those guys balls. They they become. They become a Massey, 
you know, or they become those guys just because the time when they do get the opportunity, they do something with it uh, because because of the way that the scheme is set up. We're fixing to take advantage of something that somebody's trying to do to us. So when we give you this ball, there's a good chance this is going to be positive. And a lot of times those kids, they, they rise to the occasion, and that's why they become who they are. So. You're listening to Blue Dart Sports Central with Roger Franklin Williams coming to you live from the campus of Apopka High School. We're speaking right now with Athletic Director Fred Priest. We're talking Blue Darter football on Blue Darter Sports Central. Now let's kind of talk about, look ahead to the playoffs because you know we've wrapped up the regular season. We'll be playing in two weeks from tonight at home. We got a as a district champion. We got a first round home game, and we play Timber Creek, who I think is a very interesting program. You know, that's one of those not necessarily a spectacular program, but a solid program. You know. Buckridge has been their coach for, I guess, 10-plus years. And they, you know, as we've seen them, we've encountered them before, uh, usually in the playoffs. And they seem to have, be a very fun, old-school, fundamentally sound team. It seems like he likes to build around tough, hard-nosed defense. He likes to run the ball um, between the tackles and play that ball control, old-school style. Um, what more can you tell us? About, what can we expect from, from Timber Creek? Yeah, I don't, I'm anxious to have Coach come on here in a little bit and, and find out what he knows already about them. Um, I'm, I'm sure they've already started watching film on them, but because uh, I haven't seen much on them, but I, I was going to say exactly what you did in, in as much as they probably resemble us more than anybody else, in, you know, in, in, in the Metro League. Uh, they uh, are, are that disciplined team. Uh, you know, I don't think we – I think we gain an edge on some teams with, with our discipline program. Uh, we probably don't gain as much of an edge on them with that because I think they're very much that way. Uh, Coach Buckridge is that way. His teams play that way. They don't tend to make a lot of mistakes. I can remember uh, my first year here at Apopka, uh, Ty Darlington's last year, uh, we played them in the first round of the playoffs at Timber Creek, and uh, we didn't score. Uh, they, they, they shut us out, and, and they had a plan. They had a plan, and they executed that plan, and um, they played really well. Uh, last year's score. So, yeah, what what was it? Last year's score against Timber Creek was thirty-four to six, Blue Darters. Yeah, and, and we and we faced them a couple times since right. that, you know, that game six years ago. Um, but you know, I, they had a great running back throughout that that time that we, you know, his first early Patrick, years. But we yeah. shut him down. Yes, and we shut in, him down in two thousand twelve. So, you know, I, I don't know what they've got this year. I know that 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 conference was that district was pretty close. Uh, it. it it came very close, ended up in a three-way tie, uh, and then uh, they uh, Winter Park pulled away from Boone late in the game uh, last week, and so Winter Park's that champion, and then uh, Timber Creek will will be their runner-up. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to hear from Rick exactly what they're doing. I'm, I'm assuming that it's more of the same, uh, like you described. Uh, so we'll, we'll we'll have to wait and see. And, of course, the winner of Apopka versus Timber Creek will face the winner of Winter Park versus Wekaiva. Right. And that's a very interesting matchup as well. It is. And, and if I, if, unless I'm wrong, I think Wekaiva beat Winter Park. Did they not beat them earlier yeah, in the season? Yeah, they beat them 35-7. to 7. Yeah. Now, I don't know if that was before Winter Park moved their running back because uh, their running back uh, moved later on. And it was early in the season. They had lost to Lake Nona, Winter Park did, and then I think they moved uh, – the running back they have now, they moved him to running back from defensive back position, and he started lighting it up. So I don't know where that fell, with, you know, when they played with Kaiba. But, um, yeah, that'll be interesting rematch, see how that works. Um, you know, you've heard Rick 
talk about Wakaiva and you know how he felt they were much improved. In fact, uh, he feels like they're better than us in in some areas. And so, um, uh, knowing Rick, he's he's probably not really uh, looking for a rematch. I don't know. I know this from an athletic director standpoint. And if you're looking for a big crowd, the, the Wakaiva Popka game here in two weeks or three weeks, whatever it would be, would be pretty nice if we could all take care of business that first week. Uh, it would be it would be a big game. And you know, uh, I don't know if there'd be anybody in the house around here. So uh, that would be interesting, but. Obviously, uh, you know, I'm sure Rick would say he doesn't really care who we play just as long as we get to that second round. So, And that's the great thing about the postseason football is it's very exciting. And, of course, the, the bottom line is you got to take care of business every week. You, know, right. you don't want to be looking too far ahead because no, you, you, you got it. You know, the, the, it's the winner advances and the, the loser goes home. So we got to all focus on Timber Creek for next for yeah, two weeks from now. Yeah, and I think our, our coaches do a great job of, of preparing our, our team for what, you know, Rick calls, what, the third season. And, uh, you know, I think they do a great job of that, and I think they do a great job of keeping them focused on one game at a time. Uh, I don't they, I, I can't ever hear remember them talking about or looking ahead to, to anybody at all. And uh, there's a reason those teams are in the playoffs, you know, especially as you go along. So uh, you, you, gotta, you have to stay focused. It's, you know, they're really one-game seasons uh, as, as you come across them. So, um yeah, it, it's it's looking interesting. You know, Dr. Phillips, who knows what they're going to do. Um, you know, that's a potential down the road if everybody takes care of business, too. And we had a great game with them. So the playoffs are, are panning out to be interesting. It kind of looks like um, Seminole County schools and maybe Seminole County High School themselves is maybe a little bit better than the Jacksonville schools this time around, you know. Uh, we've gone to Jacksonville. Yeah, know, usually the Jacksonville uh, schools knock off the years. Seminole County yeah. schools. And that might be different this year. That's uh, kind of looking like. Uh, so uh, that could be that could be interesting as well for those folks. So. You know, Sanford Seminole having a huge year. They're undefeated. And from, yeah. from just reading about the accounts of their games, have a very explosive offense. Got a good quarter, a good passing quarterback and a, and a running back that's putting up huge numbers absolutely so we can look ahead uh, yeah know, exactly exactly uh, we're on the radio we can look at i know rick's not but uh you know i can remember golly I, i'm i'm not sure how many years ago maybe seven eight somewhere in there uh popka played seminal when seminal was loaded with all those kids that were division one athletes and it really was a pretty good game for a long time but seminal ended up winning that game i can remember that uh, not too long ago, uh, before I was here at Apopka, I think I was still up in Georgia at the time, but we were down here visiting, and I thought, well, that might be a good game to go to, and it was. Uh, but Seminole went on to win the state championship that year. So, um, Well, it'll be interesting to see what Timber Creek does against University this evening. Yeah, that would uh, that, that be probably will be a blowout, yeah. most likely. Well, I don't know. Uh, it'll, that will be interesting, I think. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens there. It, it might be a good barometer, you know. Uh, well, university, I think, is just... Not very good. I mean, they're, yeah, they're nothing against them, but yeah. yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Well, they sure did blow out Colonial, forty-eight to six. University did or Timber Creek? Timber Creek. Timber Creek did. Yeah. Yeah, I'm Colonial. looking at their scores yeah. for the past Colonial, few games. The university's probably not as good as Colonial, so yeah, that'll be. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, for our next break, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll be joined by Coach Todd, How- Coach Todd Hauser of Apopka Blue Darter Bowling on Central. It's a great day to be in Apopka Blue Darter. Coming to you live from the campus of Apopka High School. Joined by Joe Ferraro, Coach Fred Priest, athletic director, is joining us. A little bit later, we'll speak to Coach Darlington. Of course, Apopka just wrapped up a great 9-0 and regular season. And looking forward to two weeks from tonight, the first game of the playoffs 
versus Timber Creek. It'll be right here at home. Before we go to our next guest, I want to remind you that our program is sponsored by Florida Door Solutions. Do you have garage door problems? Florida Door Solutions has your solution. Find out more at FLADoor.com. That's FLADoor.com, and tell them you're in a Popka Blue Darter. also want to give a shout-out to Dr. Patrick St. Germain, St. Germain Chiropractic, and BurnFatOrlando.com for their support of a Blue Darter Sports Central and all the programs on 1520 WBZW. Well, Fred, I'll let you introduce our next guest. It's Of course, we were talking about a Popka Blue Darter bowling early, how not only are they the three-time state champion, uh, national champion as of the summer, had a huge district ch- uh, championship victory this week, but also just a source of a great pride uh, to our to our Popka community. And now we're pleased to be joined by our coach, uh, Todd Hauser. Yeah, uh, Coach Hauser, what I, what I said earlier was, in some ways, the district championship that we won might have been one of the easier ones that we won. <laughs> when, it, when it was all said and done, we didn't lose a match. We didn't, you know, we beat each other. Beat, people by 300 pins in the qualifying uh and and i then i also talked about how early in the season when i watched this i I felt like our my opinion was that our reloads were not as good as our reloads had been uh in past years and i was concerned for me and then when i showed up at district uh you know one of the reloads throws a 690 series the other one uh during the baker matches was really kind of lights out um in, in his portion of it. So just speak to that a little bit and, and how you feel going in. I told him, I put pressure on you. I said, we have to be one of the favorites again going in uh, to the state match. But go ahead and let us know about that a little bit more. Yeah, sure. Yeah, um, we are uh, hopefully one of the favorites this year, but there's definitely more pressure this year than there's been years past. Um, you think? I, I can't tell you <laughs> how many teachers around the school have come up to me and tell me they want a fourth championship. <laughs> they want one now, right? We're just uh, happy we got through the districts, to yeah. be honest. But, um, you know, Coach Priest talked about those those two uh, replacement bowlers. You know, we didn't know if we'd really have them. And then district time, he saw them step up. Well, I, I was on board with them. I saw the same thing happen at the same time. Those guys came to life. And, uh, you know, Andrew bowling that 690 was huge. And, um, you know, Ben Bailey, who was another guy we took on this year, is uh, just phenomenal in our Baker series and got us through that. And um, the funny thing about the district is, you know, the district championship wasn't as much of a celebration as it was getting to the state level. As soon as we won that match that knew we were going to go for the next week, that was the big relief and celebration. After that, we just, you know, we easily beat people after that. But all the pressure was just to get back to the state tournament because it's such a hard thing to do. I mean, we were beat one time this year by West Orange, and, um, you know, we had concerns going against them. Well, they didn't even make the final rounds of this tournament because they had an off day, kind of like we had an off day when we faced them. So we're glad to get through it, and we're, we're looking forward to the state tournament. No, congratulations once again. Uh, you know, championships are always to be celebrated and appreciated, and uh, especially since they put you right back on track for a, for another state championship. Absolutely. I think Todd, the the thing that I noticed was kind of what we felt like needed to happen. Um, the the three returning guys, Keith and Gage and, and Petey, um, you know, it's sort of like they don't have to do anything totally fantastic they just need to be who they are and be the solid bowlers that they are and then the two other guys they just they 
just stay clean. I mean, especially when we're talking about Bakers. If they just stay clean, the three can carry is what we kind of thought. And that's really kind of what happened a little bit. I know Keith struggled a little bit. Couldn't I mean, Keith kept getting nine counts and couldn't get a strike. But Ben was striking consistently, and, and Gage was like lights out. I mean, he and yeah. Petey was Petey. And so... Uh, that was interesting. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. And when you say stay clean, you mean the guy's got to get either a spare or a strike. And if they can do that, and in fact, if by the seventh frame, if we are in good shape, you know, where we're close, I don't know who has anybody better in the business than we do. We've got three guys, you know, Petey being, you know, the best bowler in, in the state of Florida and, and one of the top bowlers in America. And then we've got, uh, you know, two others who have won two state championships back-to-back, so they know that pressure situation, and they've been there before. So I feel like we're in really good shape if we get past that seventh frame, which we do all the time. So, you know, we're looking really good going into this. Yeah, I would say I think I might have said it uh, half a dozen times, if not more, that day was we got to that position, and it was either we were either ahead or it was close, and I thought, you know what, I'll take my our last three bowlers to, to their last three bowlers. Absolutely. You know, and a couple times their kids responded, and we had, you know, we lost to Winter Park, what, two games in a row by two pins yep. and, uh, you know, that kind of thing. But if consistently, if it's our last three bowlers, like Todd said, I'll take our last three. I'll, I, you know, just I'll just take them, you know, so – Interesting. We're speaking with Coach Todd Hauser on Blue Rider Sports Central. He, of course, he's the bowling coach and also the wrestling coach, but we're celebrating a district championship accomplished just this week at Aluma Lanes by our bowling team, and that'll put them on the road to the state championships next week. And, of course, uh, Popco Blue Daughter Bowling is three-time state defending state champion right now and current national champion as well. Coach Fred Priest is here, and Joe Ferraro is here with us also. Coach Darlington will join us a little bit later in the show. Coach, can you talk more about those the newer bowlers? Because, I mean, obviously they're key, and you know, our listeners know a lot about P.D. Virgos and about Gage Stelling and Keith Horton because they're the veteran bowlers, as, as you and Fred just talked about their role. Um, they really provide a phenomenal foundation. But, of course, you know, these new guys that have come along are, are a key part of the equation because uh, that's what you've got to have. You've got to have you know, successful bowlers replacing successful bowlers that, that move on due to graduation. Yeah, and we've got um, you know the and two these guys have also improved a lot over the course of the of the season, as as you've alluded to earlier. Right, right, and we've got these two guys. Um, you know, they're both sophomores. They're young guys. They didn't bowl with us last year, so this is their first year bowling for a Popka. One was over at uh, Wakaiva. So, um, but those guys uh, came to us and had been working uh, bowling for a while now. Um, we knew that they would have some potential, but they weren't quite there at the beginning of the season. And uh, Coach Campbell and Coach Bud have done a phenomenal job with those guys, getting them the right balls in their hand and, and getting them lined up and on the boards they need to be on. And, um, you know, Andrew Gayetsky was um, one of those guys, and, and he was the guy who really stepped up big at district. I mean, he's usually about a 170 average bowler, but during the district tournament he was, um, gosh, closer to a 230 average bowler. And actually, that is his. That's exactly big, what that's it a was. Huge yeah. Yeah. So two thirty. So I mean, fifty point, fifty pin uh, game average added on uh, just for the district tournament. And we talked about him and him being like the Kiefer Cape of last year, where Kiefer really stepped it up at district and just was a different bowler all of a sudden. And um, you know that that's kind of coming together again. And uh, the other guy, Ben Bailey, is a, a two handed right. Uh, right bowler, so he uses both hands when he throws it, and uh, he's just like our other guy we had last year um, who we saw yesterday was uh, oh gosh, now I'm, his name's slipping my mind. 
I don't know why. But anyway, so we have those guys who have, have replaced the two guys that left. And, um, you know, I, I just think that it's it's kind of a magical thing to be here at Apopka and see the bowlers keep coming through. And even next year when Petey's gone, we got another great team coming back with the young guys who have been working. And there's other guys, uh, uh, Brian Reeves, who's um, on the varsity now, bowled a lot of JV for us this year. Jamari Jefferson's a senior. He's leaving, but he's done a lot for us this year. And then um, Diego Police, who's a, who's a uh, sophomore, and he's going to be a great bowler for us. So we've got another team coming back. And, um, you know, I, I hope things just keep cycling like they have been at Apopka, and I, I feel like they will because of this program and, and the kids that have come through it. Speaking with Coach Todd Hauser about Apopka Blue Daughter Bowling. Now, Coach, we uh, as you approach you know, the, the state tournament or next week, wh- wh- how do you do, what are you doing now to prepare to defend uh, and go for the fourth uh, state title? Well, we kind of have a routine, so nothing's really new to us. I mean, we we uh, practice at Wakaiva. I'll bring over some cards of um, past scores from some of the teams we've gone against, and we'll do kind of a uh, blind draw of one of those scores, and then we've we've got to go up against it, and we've got to win a Baker game, best three out of five. So I'll just be pulling random scores, and, and that's the team they're going against. So i got a, a Bayside um, envelope. I've got a, a University Orange City envelope. i got a Lake Mary envelope. So all the top teams, I've got that, and that's kind of how we practice our Baker. We will go over to Boardwalk on Tuesday and do some spare shooting. They've got a really nice lanes over there, and that's where the state tournament's going to be, but you can set up individual pins and shoot at spares. So that's going to give us a little added help there. Um, uh, Alex Highfield was the guy I was thinking of before. I don't know why I couldn't think of his name, but I saw him yesterday. He's a good guy, two-handed righty. And uh, he was actually at the bowling alley and was just crushing him. You know, hadn't bowled since the national championship and was just strike, 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 strike. And we were thinking, well, you know, this guy was homeschooled. Maybe we can fool everybody and put him on the <laughs> <laughs> so. no, no, we believe what he's saying out there. <laughs> you know, uh, Todd, while we're talking about it, I think we got just a minute or so. Uh, let us let everybody know what's going on. When, when is the state tournament uh, and maybe some times that maybe they come out and watch okay so we're going to start the state tournament on wednesday uh bowling will start at eight o'clock so uh, if you want to get in there you probably want to get there around seven o'clock um they'll do four rounds or excuse me one round of four ten pin and then um after that that will qualify for the baker round so you got i think it's 64 teams total got to be in the top 16 to move on uh they'll also be doing an individual tournament at the same time we have the two-time uh, individual state champ returning, P.D. Virgos, and they have a 16-man cutoff as well. But that's a much bigger field, I think. I mean, I don't know how many kids, maybe 500 kids, and they, they cut it down to the top 16 and they bowl each and other. We also have Samantha that's involved in that Oh, yeah, well. absolutely. Our, our stud girl, Samantha uh, Johnson, yeah. is going to be um, – and that's a Wednesday and Thursday, by the way. Um, Samantha Johnson's going to be in the individual doing this, the same thing as Petey, trying to make that round of 16 and then doing uh, head-to-head matches to see who can move on to the finals and hopefully uh, get a state championship. She was runner-up last year, and she's been hungry and, and working hard. Yeah, Samantha is uh, average 224 a game wow. to, to make it. Uh, we probably have the toughest district in the, with the girls in the state uh, that way, but uh, like Todd said, she's a runner-up. She's also the national individual runner-up. So um, it'll be fun to watch her, too. Looking forward to it. Next week, the state championships for a popular Blue Darter boys and girls bowling. Congratulations, Coach, and best wishes next week. Thank you. Coach Todd Hauser. Well, friends, we're going to go to break. We'll come back. We'll be joined by Coach Rick Darlington of Blue Darter Football. We'll be right back. Back to Blue Darter Sports Central with Roger Franklin Williams. Coming to you live from 
campus of Apopka High School. It's a great day to be in Apopka Blue Darter, joined by Joe Ferraro and by Athletic Director Fred Priest. We're getting a great overview of the fall sports on campus at Apopka. And as you've been hearing, we're celebrating a district championship over the past week for Blue Darter for Apopka Bowling, which sets us up, qualifies us to go to state, which is next week. And, of course, we're already the three-time defending state champion as well as national champion as well. And Petey Virgos is the two-time defending state individual bowling, boys bowling champion. Also, Popka football, 43-6 victory over Evans last night. It concluded a 9-0 regular season, which is our first undefeated season since 1994. That's huge, of course. And we're getting ready for to enter the playoffs. First round of the playoffs is two, or is two weeks from tonight right here on campus, and we'll take on Timber Creek. That kind of brings you up to date. I think i got a valid argument why we should call it 10-0 and on the season because Olympia technically forfeited a game. So well, That's kind of true. i got to agree with Joe a little bit. Now, of course, by the rule they didn't, but. We can say whatever we want. Can't well, we? they had the opportunity to play. They chose because well, they did. They they tucked tail and ran. Joe's trying to start a fight. No, I'm not. No. I'm trying to get him on the football field. Let's go. Let's play. Hey, Rick would play tomorrow. You he know, would. and we'll come in yeah. and we'll be there. Yeah, he would do it. I'll tell you, he would. So well, it's all news now. It is, but but we, it still kind of it rubs me wrong too. So, um, but you know, um, to go back to bowling just real quick. Um, and I just want to say this because, you know, the, the main constant in the last four years has been Petey Virgos. And, um, but what has been so great is the, the guys that have reloaded and the names have changed and they've learned, this, they've learned the culture. You know, these two guys, these two new guys this year have learned the culture. of. You know, at first it was like, you know, I'm going to be on their team. And then all of a sudden, oh, no, what's it like to be on this team? What, what's the, what's the expectation of, of being on this team? And it's way different. You know, so that's kind of exciting to, to see that. And then Gage Stelling, who will kind of, kind of take over, he is, you know, he's only a little bit behind Petey. I mean, it ain't like it's a big gap there. That's true. Uh, you know, Gage was the number one seed last year in the individual coming out. So, it, you know, that'll be interesting. But we got Rick here. We've got, what, seven minutes? What do we got left, guys? we got a little bit of time, not much left. So we got Rick here. Rick, talk to us real quick about last night, and then we want to we wanna know what Timber Creek uh, looks like. I don't know anything about Timber Creek. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, a little bit. I don't know anything about them. I mean, I've watched the film. We just we're getting ready for the big open next week. Yeah. So uh, we've never lost one of those though. No, you could, but we haven't. <laughs> so we, uh, yeah, Evans district game used to be a big rivalry. They got some talent. They threw for about three gazillion yards on us, but we somehow found a way to hold them to six points and win the game. So, yeah, of course, coach that concluded an undefeated season. And one thing that's interesting is. You, with your three state championships, the state championship teams were not undefeated in the regular season. What is it about this team that that might be that that's special that they got them the, the, through the regular season undefeated? We played some really horrible teams. <laughs> we had that discussion earlier. We did really. <laughs> I mean, I, I just tell you how it is. I mean, we've had seven running clocks. I, it, they're they're not good. You know, I mean, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but we played two really good teams and. You know, might play them both again. 
Might not. <laughs> Depends on Timber Creek. Well, one of the things that we did talk about was when we put the schedule together, though, the, oh, yeah, they were those good teams, teams were not horrible. Yeah, Playoff teams. Oak Ridge, yeah. Edgewater, Oak Ridge, and West Edgewater, Orange. Yeah, they yeah, were, uh, DeLand might have been, too, but the, the definitely all playoff teams, you know. It's hard to get a schedule. So to, to and then and then Ocoee is a playoff team, aren't they? Correct. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and we beat them slap half to death. So played some bad people, but you know the people that talk about well we went undefeated in the regular season. Congratulations! It's just it makes me want to puke green owl crap, <laughs> you know, because it's like I'd rather lose four in the regular season and zero in the playoffs. We've done that, right? Yeah. Or <laughs> 2012. Yeah. Or lose three in the. Regular season and lose zero in the playoffs, <laughs> then losing none in the regular season and just one in the playoffs. <laughs> exactly. That one in the playoffs negates everything else. Yeah, and so sure. I remember very well we went nine and one in 2010, and we played Oak Ridge first round, and we got our heads beat in and finished up nine and two, and that sucked. Yeah. So I don't care about the regular season. The only reason we play the regular season, in our view, is to get to the playoffs. Correct. So now we get a one-game season versus the Timber Creek Tarantulas or whatever their name is. <laughs> and uh, and in, in due time, we will look upon them. <laughs> but we have not as of yet. Well, one of the things we did discuss about about Coach Buckridge and his program is that his program That's is probably him calling Let's call him now to tell you who they are, <laughs> yeah. that they're so the that's Wolves. That's one of the teams that we, uh, or one we of run, those running that we run yeah. <laughs> How was Olympia calling to schedule a game? Yeah. We'll, we'll play them right now. Did I not say it? I told them hey. you'd play it tomorrow. And we'll no, no, cover it right, right now. now. Right now. The field's lined. <laughs> Come on go. over, Olympia <laughs> orangutans. <laughs> we will play. One of the things that I said that we do know about Timber Creek, I think, and maybe you have a different opinion, but... I felt like Timber Creek is uh, maybe one of the teams that's most like us in terms of a disciplined program, a solid program. Yeah, great Bucker. coaching. Jim yeah. Jim Buckridge has been the head coach there, I think, as long as they've been a team. Mark Jackson's his D.C. used to be the head coach at Oak Ridge. Those two guys are as classy as it gets. I mean, if they tell you something, there's no BS about them. There's no gamesmanship about them. They are really legitimate, good people, and I like them. You know, and I respect them. And they play, we played them in the playoffs, I think, so many times, you know, first or second round. You know, they're a great, great program. And, uh, you know, definitely probably the class of that side of the, of the county. So it'll be a tough game, I have no doubt. Yeah, that was a, you know, that's a team that I felt like, you know, there's a lot of teams that I feel like we have the edge just because of the type of program that we run. But, but that one is one that I don't think we get as much an edge over them that way than we do some others. Right, no, I think that uh, they're going to be a good discipline team. They'll be very strong physically, and they'll have a good plan, and I know they'll be coming at us. Now, Coach, you talked about, of course, the, the seven running clocks. Is that any kind of a concern for you that we haven't been in, in, more, in more close games? Say that again. The blowouts, you know, a lot of the teams, as you talked yeah, about. Yeah, it's the a concern, there's no doubt, because we're going to see a lot better teams in the playoffs. And is there anything that you can do to, you know, prepare for the the better level of teams to prepare for better teams yeah i mean i mean well, what like do you say to the guys to play us like olympia but they won't <laughs> work so, them harder i mean maybe we could schedule double headers or something, Fred. something can we get right? some other games in <laughs> get know. one in I mean, or two before we go there you play who you play right yeah, so it's it's difficult yeah so i wish they were better but they're not so what well, we, Last no. night, um, I'm forgetting his name. Number four, what's his name? Kavion Holmes. Yeah, Kavion. Um, 
he seemed like he was a spark last night uh, uh, that was needed or, or something, but he just had a great night. Is that what you guys felt, or was it something that... He did some good things, but he also blew some coverage things. Yeah. He wasn't perfect. He just made some plays that people noticed right. because he had a pick and a couple, couple of turns. turns and, yeah. He's been really good at the punt return, though. You know, you don't want to have those balls bouncing around back there. And so he's done a good job, you know, as a punt returner and a kick returner. So he's a good player. We, we got, obviously, we got tightened up on defense in, in the... Uh, in all areas, but especially pass defense. Now, one of the things that I notice, and Dimitri seems to be hitting stride. Am I right about that? He's doing good. The one interception he made made oh, yeah, me furious right. because it yeah. was just terrible. Yeah. He had three guys open on choices, and he threw to the fourth guy that was, was double covered. People around him. And it's like, oh, my God. It was just and I, just, I was so mad and because it, it's not him. Yeah. He's been really smart all year. So for him to do that, I was really disappointed. And he knows it, and I don't think he'll do it again. But he's come so far as a quarterback. He's really fun to coach. It seems Thank like you, we're down in our last minute. Oh, we are. Okay, I'm sorry. I was just going to say real quickly, just one more time about Dimitri. Uh, it, it seems like Coach throwing the football. Maybe we're kind of getting to the point where we're going to need to be in the in the playoffs. It, other than that pick last night, uh, he seems to be going to the right places. He's throwing the ball pretty well. It seems like and pulling it down when he needs to. And yeah, he's good. doing a good job. And a lot of stuff we're doing on offense is what we call run pass options, where we're running a play but we're calling pass routes behind it. He reads one defender, and that determines if we're going to run the ball or pass the ball while the play is happening. It's kind of a new cutting-edge thing, and he's really good at it, so it's been kind of fun to do. Yeah, with him, that's the, you know, that's the kind of guy that used to beat us is that quarterback that can run, and, yeah, so that's great. I like it. It's like playing PlayStation. Yeah. Very interesting. Congratulations on a great regular season, Coach. Thank you, Fred. Thanks to Joe. Friends, have a great day. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.